0: Welcome to the DraftNut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg of Blue Chip Scouting and Devin Jackson of Blue Chip Scouting. And we are your hosts for today's episode of the podcast. On our last episode of the podcast, I went solo and broke down uh, the greatest weekend of football, quite seemingly, ever. Um, and that, that was a joy to do. But it, it, it kind of fell off. You know, it felt off not having my my co-host with me, Devin, to kind of review Divisional Round weekend, one of the greatest weekends of football ever. Um, so it's good to have him back. So, Devin, first off, how are you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good, man. Uh, been been a busy, uh, you know, kind of weekend of. Uh, well, not weekend, but week of of work, and uh, you know, trying to keep up with draft prospects and and getting that done, and obviously senior Bowl is coming up. Shrine Bowl uh, kicked off today, and uh, I think the first practice is uh, kicking off um, as you're listening to this, or kicked off earlier today as you listen to this. Um, so you know, it's, it's kind of busy busy time of the year for for dry prospects, and uh, you know, people starting to get familiar with a lot of the the names that will be called in the NFL draft uh, in a a few months. We also had
0: um, plenty of coaching moves happen today, Um, both head coaches and assistant coaches, including um, Chris Tabor being hired by the Carolina Panthers to be hired as their special teams coach, Nathaniel Hackett becoming the Green Bay Packers head coach. Uh, not the Green Bay Packers head coach, the Denver Broncos head coach. Um, and Matt, you, you bears, right? So how you pronounce his last name? You bears. I think ever. I think
1: it's Eberf- Eberflus, Eberflus or something. Ever maybe. Yeah. i going to have to help us out know. with that.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, we bears now have a new head coach. The Broncos have a new head coach. We thought Jacksonville had a new head coach, but, of course, their owner is I, – I, I don't know what's going on with him and uh, Trent Bailick. It's just I, – i if I'm a head coach, I would not be wanting to be in that situation at all. But, um, but today, let's talk about some conference championships. First off, we got Cincinnati Bengals. and going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Winner goes to the – represents, actually, the – winner represents the AFC in Super Bowl 56. So, Devin. Uh, I'm wanting to lean towards the underdog here in this game, man, because – of one man in particular, Joe freaking Burrow. Joe Big Dick Burrow. (laughs) You know, I mean, hey, man, Joe Burrow is just phenomenal to watch. He, He just pulled out a win last week like just unfazed against those nine sacks. It it was incredible to watch him. Um, So, Devin, you know, what are you expecting from Joe Burrow this weekend? Um, And what are you expecting from the Cincinnati Bengals? Um, Are they going to come out and make this a game from the get-go? Or are they just going to get get the brakes blown off of them?
1: I think the way Cincinnati's played all year, and we really think about it, <clears throat> they really haven't been blown out all season. Um, they they've been a, a tough team from from the get go, and it starts with their quarterback Joe Burrow. Um, he doesn't go into a game phased, scared. I mean, they beat the same Chiefs team in Week 17. Uh, in what, was it in Cincinnati uh, or was it, I, I can't remember where the game was, but I, I think it think was Cincinnati. in Cincinnati. It was yeah, in Cincinnati. But they, they won't scare the, the team that has been to, what, the last two, three Super Bowls? And, and they played them toe-to-toe and, and ended up beating them. So I don't think it's going to be a uh, issue of there any nerves getting to them or, or any added pressure because uh, they're already expected to lose this game because of Patrick Mahomes and what he's been able to do. I think the game is just going to come down to can you protect Joe Burrow from this Chiefs defense? And I just don't think they're gonna be able to do it this weekend. You know, you, you look at what Tennessee was able to do, basically getting home, uh, what, nine times, and, and they were rushing four. They weren't even like throwing blitzes, they weren't doing anything exotic. Um, Jeffrey Simmons just, had three sacks, like I think at
0: two in the first half alone.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that that's gonna be an issue. And I, I know the Chiefs secondary is, is very, can be exploited. Uh, we don't know the status of Tyre Matthew and if he's going to play or not. Because uh, if, if he does play, it's obviously going to be a big boost for them. But if he doesn't, you know, that that's a huge blow to that secondary is already struggling. You know, they obviously, uh, Josh Allen did what he did last week to the, the Chiefs secondary. But I think the game really comes down to, I just think the Chiefs, uh, have a more cohesive and, and better football team. And I, the, the situation kind of reminds me a little bit of the, the Colts teams with Andrew Luck. Like they overachieved, had a really solid defense, but, uh, you know, didn't have one that was dominant. They had a quarterback that was playing uh, very, very well, above expectations in his first or second year uh, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, they have weapons. Obviously, he has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, um, you know, Joe Mixon out of the backfield. I do think he has a little bit more weapons compared to what those early Colts Colts teams had with Andrew Luck. But, I mean, same situation. They couldn't protect Luck. And and it's the same situation with Joe Burrow. And I think ultimately it's going to just catch up to them. I think. It's going to be a situation where I think they play a really good first half and stick stick with the Chiefs, but the second half comes, they don't score on one possession. Chiefs go down and score, don't score again, go down and score, you know, and then all of a sudden you're down two, three touchdowns because the Chiefs can't be stopped. So I think it's it's going to be a game where Joe Burrow is going to show he's tough. He's going to show he belongs in this NFL and as one of the uh, starting to become one of the elite quarterbacks in this league, but. I think ultimately the Chiefs find a way to pull away in the second half and, and get back to the Super Bowl again. It, the thing with Cincinnati
0: is that, yeah, they definitely overachieved this year. And it, it it was incredible to watch the turnaround from a year ago to now. You know, this time last year we were thinking, you know, is Joe Burrow's career kind of on thin ice with that knee injury? Like he his knee got fucked up. Um, and it was just, there were so many doubts with the possible future of the Bengals. We we knew they were in a rebuild. We knew that, you know, they had their franchise quarterback, but was he ever going to be the same quarterback he was at LSU after that knee injury? And, you know, at first, like, it, it was a little rocky to start out, but you saw a little bit of 2019 burrow like through the first half and then in the second half you definitely saw 2019 joe burrow and probably a better version of him to be honest with you because what burrow put out in the second half of this season was incredible and he had a he had a lot of help from his weapons including jamar chase his former teammate at lsu who himself has become an elite talent as well. I don't know if he's necessarily a top 10 wide receiver already in the league, but you could potentially already make an argument he's top 15 in the NFL, possibly. Um, and you look at the weapons that Burrow has, you know, any all three of them could go off for 10 catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns, anytime they wanted to t higgins jamar chase tyler boyd and then you got joe Mixon in the backfield all they need is a consistent offensive line a good efficient offensive line up front if they're able to build that offensive line this offseason i think the Bengals are going to be in a really nice place moving forward now the argument here is like now or well the argument in the past draft was like was Jamar Chase the correct pick for the Bengals? Should they have gotten uh Panay Sewell with their fifth overall pick? And you know, I, I would have wished they went offensive tackle or offensive line there because you know, you look at the Bengals right now and they have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, but now, but if you have enough weapons like Joe Burrow has, like Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon uh boyd higgins ozuma or Uzuma. you know you have those dudes to throw to and he was able to make some damn good throws against tennessee despite getting just clobbered in the pocket i mean he has isaiah freaking prince starting at right tackle which is not ideal in any situation He's probably the worst right, right tackle in the league other than Jesse Davis, who, shout out to Dante Colinelli, you know, he's he had to deal with Jesse Davis all season long, you know, and the Bengals have had to deal with Isaiah, or Joe Burrow has had to deal with Isaiah Prince all season long. So, you know, I, I, I think the Bengals do have a good shot to take down Kansas City, but I'm with you that Kansas City is the better team by far. Um, it's going to be really tough for Cincinnati. But, um, you know, I, I'm still going to lean a little bit towards Cincinnati. But I, I, my heart says Cincinnati. My head is saying Kansas City. So I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll make a decision once we – Get through the rest of these matchups um, when we go ahead to make our picks for who will be in the Super Bowl. Um, I know you have Kansas City in there. I'm still trying to decide, honestly, right now, and I'll probably decide once the podcast, once we get towards the end of this podcast. But, um, you know, I'm expecting a good game. I think this has a chance of being a really good football game, not on the level it was with. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes last week I don't think it will get I I don't think we'll see that ever again Um, I, I mean I'm assuming we won't see that ever again because that was one of the best games we have seen this century so you know expect maybe a good matchup between two good young quarterbacks in Mahomes and Burrow but also Kansas City could blow out Cincinnati by 20 points I mean it could go it could end up being like that Um, so I'm a little, I'm split a little bit on this game, but Rams Niners is a different story. Um, I'm picking the Rams in this game. Um, I I do not trust the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo and yes, there's been a whole argument over the last like 12 hours, 12, 24, maybe the last several days about whether or not you can actually win with Jimmy G on your team and sure you can especially if you have like an incredible roster around a quarterback like jimmy g but garoppolo is not the quarter he is a quarterback you can win with but he's not a quarterback you can win because of like he's never been that yet jeff garcia decided to make that point by criticizing mina kimes for no freaking reason you know it's that was the most annoying thing I saw all day. Um, and by the way, F Jeff Garcia. Um, but, you know, could this game end up being close? Absolutely. I think it could end up being a great game. But in my honest opinion, I think the Rams are the best team remaining in this playoff. I, You, you look at the roster top to bottom, Stafford, Has been playing great the last two games. Um, He had one of the most clutch throws. Maybe the clutch throw of his career against Tampa Bay. The offensive line is good. He's got great weapons. Cooper Cup. OBJ is starting to get back into his old form it seems like. Um, Their defense is playing great. I feel like the Rams are clicking at the right time. And I feel like that will help with their momentum and they're playing at home. And I'm hoping that maybe it's a much more, it's a much better environment than it was the last time they were hosting the Niners in week 18. Cause when you, when we were watching that game, it was half the fans. There were either Rams or Niners fans. I'm hoping it's the opposite where it's mostly Rams fans Less Niners fans, because I know a lot of Rams fans are like, we need to just hunker down and take over Englewood. You know, they this is one of the biggest games in this franchise's history, to be honest with you, because they're in L.A. They have a chance to host a Super Bowl in L.A. Two years in a row um who the host of the super bowl or the team or the hosting team in the super bowl is actually playing in the super bowl tampa bay did last year los angeles has a great shot at doing it again this year so i'm going with the rams home field advantage better team overall in my opinion um i i i I do see a way where the Niners can win this game. I do. But I am having a hard time seeing where the Rams don't come out on top.
1: Yeah, I I think I'm in agreement with you on the Rams winning. Uh, But I think for for kind of different reasons. I think when you look at these two teams, I know uh, Shanahan's had a lot of success against McVay. Uh, But when I look at this Rams team, I I know, uh, you know, they've had their fair share struggles this year, uh, especially in the middle of the season. But when you look at the way they started and then the way they've played as of late, I think those are the more accurate representations in this team because they're they're pretty, pretty healthy uh, across the board. Got Cam Akers. I know he fumbled twice against the Bucs, but that's an anomaly. You don't typically see that happen. Um, Their defense really didn't play bad last week, even though they gave that one big play to Mike Evans on a touchdown. Everything else was pretty much set up by short fields uh, because the Rams offense turned the ball over. So when you take their body of work and how Aaron Donald was able to to generate pressure on Jimmy, um, not Jimmy G, but Tom Brady uh, constantly and what they got from uh, their secondary, they forced two turnovers of their own. I think they're finally playing complete football where there's no you know immediate weakness to this team. Like they're built to specifically win in the playoffs. You got Von, you added Von Miller midseason. Um you know you added Odell Beckham midseason. It's very clear that they're going all in on this season and trying to win the Super Bowl. And I think the 49ers have played outstanding. You know, we knew they were a good football team. All along, it was just about injuries, and they kept hitting roadblocks and didn't play well. I just think ultimately this their ceiling has been hit, where they've made it to the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. Not because he played them into the Super Bowl, it's because he played complimentary football. You know, he's able to play mistake-free football, didn't turn the ball over. Well, he's been kind of doing that in the playoffs. He hasn't played particularly well in the playoffs, and. Look, I understand it's the, it's the Rams. You've owned the Rams over the last three years, but this is not the same team you played in, in week 18. I know it's kind of weird to say, but I think the Rams have finally realized, like, we can beat whoever we want to play, whoever we play when we run our game plan and we don't take the foot off the gas. And that's simply what happened in week 18. The Rams were winning the game. They just stopped being aggressive start started being conservative and they did a little bit of that against Tampa as well but I think when when you realize how good this team is it's clear that they're they're the better team on Sunday and I, I don't think the crowd really makes too much of a difference for them because like the thing with, with the Rams is that football is just not the it's not the main attraction in LA and obviously winning a Super Bowl will help that but I mean, they they got other things to do there. They got the Lakers that still draw a big crowd and uh, all the things you can do in L.A. I mean, the L.A. Kings didn't really get much hype until they made the Stanley Cup final, you know? So Mm -hmm. it it takes time for them to kind of build that up. So I I don't think the crowd will play much into it, but I do think that Matthew Starr was playing some of the best football his career and he he wants it. So I I truly think this team is behind him. And, and I, I think the Rams win uh, by touchdown or more.
0: I want to touch up on the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation again. And I want to bring up Trey Lance because, like you, you brought up a great point, I think the Niners have definitely reached their ceiling with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. Now they need to see what they have in Trey Lance. And it's not going to be this weekend unless Jimmy G, God forbid, gets hurt. But at some, but if he does come back next season, if Jimmy G does come back next season, like there has to be a legitimate quarterback competition. And I would expect Trey Lance to win that competition. Because Lance, his overall talent, arm talent, elite arm strength, mobility, athleticism, out of structure ability he brings to the table stuff that could just ignite the Niners offense for the better. Like it can make the Niners offense damn near unstoppable. If Lance is able to reach his potential, like he can be that good of a player to the point where you can win games because of Lance, not with Lance. So, you know, I, I I made the argument, you know, this past weekend during the Packers game where, you know, Jimmy G was struggling, and I was saying this in the blue chip scouting group chat. I was like, start Trey Lance. Get him in the game right now. If you get Lance in there and he ends up balling out, run the ball like crazy, and up making better throws than Jimmy G – the Niners probably win that game maybe not by a field goal maybe not by a touchdown but more than that potentially because of how bad the Packers were playing throughout most of the game i mean i get it, the conditions how like mm-hmm. everything was sloppy in that game um but the Niners could have done so much better with Lance but and i get the risks i understand the mm-hmm. risks if you put him in the game then it was not going to go very well potentially especially in those environments especially in that type of situation you're going into you're going into a game as a rookie in a playoff game in green bay in those conditions that's hard for anyone and that could ruin a quarterback's a young quarterback's confidence but <sighs> there comes a time where i'm like you know if your starting quarterback is limiting your offense and you have another quarterback on your roster that could probably take that offense to new heights regardless of the situation, I take advantage of it. But again, I understand the risks. I don't really disagree with Kyle Shanahan or I, I don't really nec- I don't disagree with keeping Jimmy G in there and letting him stick it out. But Jimmy G is just not built to Lead teams to, the to the mountaintop. He's just not that guy. He he never has, you know. And some people make him out to be, but he's not. He's never been. It's it's frustrating that that the hype continues to be around him. Um, I get he was Brady's protege. I get that, but now he's in San Francisco. Now he's a starting quarterback there, and he ha- and he hasn't. And he's basically reached his expectations he's reached his ceiling and i think that's as far as he can go this is as far as he can really take this team with his talent i i just don't i don't see the point of keeping jimmy g next season
1: yeah i, I agree with you on keeping not keeping him until next season i think the hard part is that and debo samuel said this today he's a winner And and people gravitate towards winners, even if they have physical limitations. And if even if they're not necessarily the best quarterback for the team at the moment, I think that's the hard part for the 49ers and why they've been reluctant, reluctant, reluctant to move on from (laughs) Jimmy G is because, you know, he is one every time that he's played. You know, even when you think about when he first got traded there, I think they went like five and one or something like that before he like tore his ACL. Yeah. And then, you know, when he finally got back healthy in twenty nine or was it twenty nineteen? I think it was twenty nineteen. They made it to the Super Bowl. So he has a track record of winning with this franchise. And, and it's even if he's not a Hall of Fame type of dude or someone that's going to drastically change your organization, when you come in and win, uh, even with your limitations and you may not be the high level starter. It's hard to move on from him. I mean, when you think about it, and in, in him and Kirk Cousins are very similar in the way people see him. Like some people think, you know, he's fine for their organization. Some people think, okay, maybe it's time to move on. He's not really moving the needle for you. They both won games they shouldn't have won. They've also lost games they should have won as well. You know, and, and obviously Jimmy G has the, the better playoff track record to back that up. Kirk Cousins does not, but, when you're dealing with quarterbacks that are like in that middling tier where they're not elite, they're not the worst ever either. It's hard to move on from them because they have a track record of success. So it's going to be tough when we knew when Trey Lance had taken that he was probably not going to start immediately. And you got to give credit to Jimmy G's held him off the entire season pretty much. Yeah. So. That, I think that shows how much respect and how much he's earned that opportunity. But there also comes a point in time where it's time to move on. And I think they're going to hit that crossroad this season because you realistically. Lance can't sit more than another year and, and before it, it becomes a point of like, why did you trade up all these picks to get a guy that you're not going to put on him all, all on the field until year three? So they're going to have a tough decision to make this this offseason, but I think with Jimmy G continuing to win, it's going to keep his value at the way it is. And the team is going to trade for him, even though he doesn't provide the greatest upside in the world. He is someone that you can bridge to get your next guy. So the 49ers will ultimately move on from him. But I think when you think about his accomplishments, I think they outweigh some of the deficiencies that he may have had because he has built himself to be a leader in the locker room. So it's tough to get rid of those type of guys.
0: Hey, man, Jimmy G could be starting quarterback at the Carolina Panthers or you can be the
1: starting quarterback. No,
0: sir. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Or you can start for the Saints next year.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I'm good. Listen – (laughs) <laughs> I, I, the Saints don't even have a head coach right now. So I think the last thing they were worrying about is the quarterback position. Because we thought that was going to be the biggest thing for them this summer, but apparently not. <laughs> I mean,
0: Winston can still
1: prove himself if they decide to re-sign him. But... Well, well, the thing is, I don't know if he's willing to stick around because he came because of Sean Payton. He didn't come mm, because of the Saints, point. you know? So I think... For him, while well, he has familiarity with the team, if they don't make major changes with the team, I think maybe he stays. But when you think about the reason he came, he came because Sean Payton has a track record of helping develop quarterbacks. So now he's gone. I don't know if you're you can entice him to stay when, you know, the Steelers need a quarterback, the Broncos need a quarterback, uh, you know, quite a few other court teams need a quarterback as well and that may not want to get one in the draft. So I I think the Saints are – right now, they they just got to figure out the head coaching position before they even think about figuring out who the quarterback is going to be. So we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Well, I mean, at least Jimmy G is going to get traded to Carolina, so then that will make Matt Rule's exit much quicker, maybe.
1: I don't know. It might delay it. It might delay it. Because if they – listen, I I know Carolina is is in that bad position right now, but Mm – if they figure out the offensive line, the quarterback position is not going to matter that much. I'll tell you that they'll be able to run. Listen, the football. listen man, I, this is going to be a conversation for another
0: episode, like probably several weeks down the road, but I, I kind of want to get this off my chest. You, you get this team, you get Carolina offensive line, with the talent they have already, like this is a talent that's a talented football team other than the offensive line, and the quarterback position and a bad head coach. Like, you you figure out the offensive line all you got to do is get the quarterback trade for jimmy g even though you have a bad head coach why not you have a offensive coordinator that uh yeah eh.
1: i mean i I'll tell that. you I, i'll tell you what though like that's that's the hard part with with organizations is that you can save a coaching job for another year or two with a decent year like if they make a wild card like they get the 7c rule is not going anywhere which would i know would not make you happy but (laughs) in a grand scheme of things i know people want the coaches that they want but the thing with the nfl is that a lot of these dudes just want to win you know and it doesn't matter who's in charge of leading the wins if you get if you're winning it, it does not matter, yeah, you know, necessarily who's who's in charge. But once things go out, obviously you need to make right. a change. But we'll see what happens. I mean, Carolina is probably about three, four, five moves away from from being like back in the conversation of, you know, maybe they're a contender. Because you think thinking about the NFC South and this is the last point before we even get to the predictions, but think about the NFC South where it is right now aging matt ryan he's probably gonna be gone the next year or two yeah they're gonna need to rebuild that they they need to rebuild their offensive line still and and receive position because calvin really might be on the way out too yeah so the falcons are probably not a contender next year bucks it hinges on if time Brady's coming back you touched on it on the last episode we don't know if he's not but if he doesn't you're not going to tell me that Tampa is going to be a playoff team next year with, with Kyle Trask. Oh, or they're going to be an easy,
0: easy playoff team if Brady comes back. Easy.
1: But if he if he doesn't, then Trask, that's a different conversation.
0: Trask, forget about it. Forget about it for Trask.
1: No way. And then no way. then you have this. Then you have the Saints. They're going to have a new coach. They still have a really good defense, but the offense is still a big question mark. Who's going to play quarterback? So the other three teams right now have questions. And maybe Carolina was a year too soon on pushing their chips all in on some of the guys they went out and got. But when you think about the situation they I'm in right now, I think you need to consider that a couple moves here and there. This is this could be termed the NFC East situation. You only need eight, nine wins on the division. So just, just something to keep that in mind for next year with the Carolina Panthers. And, and I, I I'll say this before we get into predictions – if Matt Rule
0: is able to figure it out, props to him. If Ben McAdoo ends up being a a pretty nice offensive coordinator for Carolina, props props to him. Props to Matt Rule. Props to Ben McAdoo. And if Fitter or I think Rule's really the one making the decisions with, like the final decisions. To be honest with you, and Fitter is just making the moves. But if Rule's able to figure out the offensive line and the quarterback position, or at least the offensive line. And they some and they are able and let's say Brady retires and you're able to sneak into the playoffs at nine and seven and Rule actually shows growth as a coach. Mcadoo actually doesn't look too bad, you know. Props to him. Carolina might actually be in the right direction, but right now it's a total shit show. That that's all I gotta say about it. I hope Rule Rule and Mcadoo prove me wrong. I want them to prove me wrong, but right now. I am going to criticize them like no tomorrow because they're not good. And, look, I was a little bit optimistic about Ben McAdoo. I tweeted about it being a little optimistic. I'm like, I like to look at sort of the bright side of hirings when it comes to my team. I, I kind of want to see what the pops positives are. But in the grand scheme of things, McAdoo was kind of a meh hire. They could have done better. They could have hired Pep Hamilton. That would have been the rock star hire, but they didn't. They went with Ben McAdoo. It is what it is. So, our predictions. Of course, I have the Rams hosting or representing the NFC um, in the Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and Cincinnati Bengals. Ah, oh, so hard, man. Uh, Joe Burrow, I'm going Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and L.A., Super Bowl 56.
1: Listen, I'm I'm not going to complain whatever we get because it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I I just don't want the Chiefs and 49ers because we've seen that movie already. But I would not be disappointed if it was, like, the Chiefs and – chiefs and rams if it was the Bengals and 49ers and or the bingles and uh Bengals and around so I'm, i wouldn't be mad about that at all i but i do think it'll be the chiefs rams uh which could set up for an exciting super bowl uh between mm-hmm. two really good quarterbacks um and crazy thing about three four years ago i think four years ago it was 2018
0: 2018 yeah
1: 2018 season, we had the Chiefs-Rams Monday night football game. It was, what, 54-51, something like that? In L.A., so, yeah. Yeah, so you, getting to see that would, would be cool again. So we'll see what happens. I, I got the Chiefs and Rams winning, obviously. But like I said, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if the Bengals won. I'll tell you what, people in Louisiana would be very happy to see Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl. I'll yeah. tell you that. that that That's for sure, because they, they've been cheering for him. Uh, pretty much the entire playoffs. That's that's who uh, Louisiana pretty much adopted uh, once they found out they were in the playoffs. They said, "Joe Burrow, take him to the champ- championship." So we'll see what happens. Like I said, Bengals have the talent to do it. I just think, I just the think they're plan. a year. I think they're a couple years ahead of where they were expecting to be at this point of yeah. development. So, but. For Cincinnati that's a good thing though. And that could be a good thing, but it can also be a bad
0: thing because, you know, you don't want to be put in the Andrew Lux situation. Like Yeah, I, I mean I hope they, they have happen. to
1: Yeah, they have to address offensive line. and they I don't, think they know I think they know that too. Like you, you really can't uh take any more luxury picks at this point. Although they do probably probably wanna look at edge and both are up that a little bit too as well. I know they've had a a really good season with uh, Trey Hendrickson and and their defensive line, but, but you want to see some infusion of youth on on that edge. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um,
0: You know, we, we actually came close to chiefs Rams in the super bowl four years ago. Like we get, we, we could be getting the dream matchup we wanted that year, this year. But different quarterbacks in this matchup, you know, gone. Yeah, two, two of like, the
1: two of the best play callers in, in the NFL, if not the best. I mean, they yeah. Andy Reid and Sean McVay have had a lot of people hired. Got a lot of people hired over the last couple of years. So yeah,
0: and Carolina decided to hire none of them. Sad, very sad. I'm going qu- quick complaining about the Panthers. I, I'm to have a fan to do that and i gotta complain anyway with cat crave so but that is the end of this episode guys thank you so much for listening we'll be back next weekend we also have some plans for blue chip scouting in the near future we're hoping to get that sorted out and also more hopefully more youtube content we're we're Looking forward to maybe trying to get back into the YouTube market, do some more live streams, more DraftNut podcast live streams. Hopefully I can maybe bring on a few guests um, to come on um, in case Devin were to be busy with something um, or Devin could maybe bring someone on um, while I'm busy with something um, school wise. So,
1: guys, thank you again for listening. See you guys next week. Peace.